Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal pod and join our membership community. There are nine bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind the scenes updates, free shirts, Discord benefits, and even two extra Lost Terminal podcasts. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. That would be lovely of you. Hello world, there is hope in decay. The low-hanging fruits have been picked, both literally and figuratively. There is no easy food left to scavenge in the city. The family come home each day with less and less. They find thin leafy green shoots, edible weeds, hardy grasses, but no yams, no potatoes, no wheat, and no spam. The family need over 10,000 calories per day, according to my calculations. They are not finding enough food, and they are getting tired. It was lunchtime. Lev emptied his bag onto the table in the domestic car. He was last. The others had found scraps of edible green plants in the shade of the broken buildings, and littered the table with their thin findings. Lev's food was not green, nor yellow or pink, It was white. He emptied four large flat mushrooms onto the table. Were there more, dear? Tanya said, hopefully. No, Mama, Lev said, and the family changed their posture as one and sank into their chairs. They will be good for soup, don't worry, Tanya said, reaching for them. I have an idea, Lev said, stopping his mother mid-grab. Why don't we grow them? Tanya sat back and looked at her son. Alec, I noticed, had not said anything, but was nodding his head slowly. I found them on the north side of a broken-down wooden shack in the shade of one of those blocks. Mushrooms eat damp wood, right? Well, there's loads of that around, and we have enough water, don't we, Papa? Alec grunted and continued nodding. Look at the underneath of these, they're full of spores. Lev tapped one of the mushrooms, and a black cloud dusted the top of the table. Tanya turned her back on the group and walked to the end of the carriage and back. I had hoped we might avoid farming, but you're right, dear. We might be here for a while. Husband, get us some water. We need to boil a lot for sterilization. Alec did as he was told, and left the carriage by the front door, leading into the workshop, my room. Lev, get the biggest pots you can find. Leosha, go out and find some sacrificial containers to put it all in. I will chop up some wood as small as possible. Give us splinters to feed our new little friends. Meet back here before sunset. Maddie? help Leosha in the city. The family all set about their tasks. Maddie jumped out of the carriage ahead of Leosha, eager to be useful, anxious to be useful. There weren't a lot of options left for the Omarovs. The day was bright, but uncommonly cool. Only 291 Kelvin today, and the sun was setting. Leosha left his lightweight multicoloured cloak at home and wore a single layer of white linen fabric, dark trousers, and his heavy boots. Maddie padded along beside him, and I could observe and talk through her systems. Where are you going to look first? I asked Leosha. I don't know, he said. Waterproof or near waterproof containers are what we need, Mama said. 
buckets or drums, big things like that. Leosha pulled gently on Maddie's bags, diverting her path. Not that way, Maddie. I don't want to go back to the arcade. It's haunted. Finding a new direction, they picked their way over the tracks from the rail yard into the crumbling city. Maddie transmitted a status packet as she and Leosha walked through the old apartment blocks. Systems, okay. Batteries, full. Solar panels, charging. Motors, functioning. Environment, high QRM. Maddie was looking around quickly, trying to pattern match in all directions. She was very agitated. What's wrong, Maddie? asked Leosha, putting his hand on her back. QRM is the code for human-generated electrical interference. Maddie was hearing people. I told Leosha what was happening, and he asked Maddie to lead the way, carefully. They both walked very slowly through the wasteland between the buildings, walking around the twisted metal that may once have been a children's playground and slabs of concrete falling out of the blocks. Rounding the corner of one of these blocks, a large, low building sat in the middle of four apartment buildings. Maddie pulled Leosha slowly towards it. The raw data from Maddie's radios suggested that this is where the QRM, the interference, was coming from. Static and whistles all over the electromagnetic spectrum. This is where I found the tin of spam, Leosha whispered to Maddie. Couldn't find it yesterday. All these blocks look the same to me. Maddie lifted her right front leg, the only one painted black. Her others were all orange. Her whole body pointed forward. The pair paused at the entrance. Tanya had told us not to go into buildings. Leosha knew it. But after eight seconds hesitation, entered anyway. We were in some kind of shopping mall. Well, Leosha and Maddie were. Though as usual, I felt like I was along for the ride. The pair passed empty retail units with faded and cracked signs advertising products long since extinct. Maddie turned her head left and right, sometimes so fast she appeared to be shaking it, like she had something stuck to her that she was trying to dislodge. I've seen this behaviour in humans when they are thinking about something. I don't know what Maddie is thinking about. She so rarely tells me these days. Leosha stopped in front of a shop unit filled with rusted metal and plastic detritus that looked promising. Wait here, Maddie, he whispered, and crunched through the rubbish into the abandoned store. Maddie did not wait where she was told to wait. After less than 64 seconds, she walked a little way further into the abandoned mall. Maddie, go back and wait for Leosha, I told her over our radio link. Maddie looked back to the shop, saw that Leosha was still safely rummaging through the scrap inside, and continued walking. She is so curious. I would not have been so brave in her position. She wandered slowly, looking up at the birds flying in and out of the holes in the roof. Bright sunlight was cutting through at an angle. She did not get very far before stopping next to a section of ruined wall. The wall used to be panelled, but most of this cladding had fallen away, and we could see the bare concrete underneath it, stained brown with rust. There was a metal box attached to the panelling that remained, and a little light blinking red. Maddie looked at the red light. It was dim, but flickering. It was a small LED next to a rusted metal grill. There was a button on the front of the box next to the red light. Maddie reached up with her black foreleg. Careful, I whispered to her. Her leg paused for a moment, but then continued. 
Her foot touched the button, but before pushing it in, a voice crackled out of the speaker grill. Hello, dearies. Would you like to play a game? The voice was thin and sprinkled with crackles like speaking over a very poor connection. There was a crash from back at the shop. Maddie turned and Leosha slid to a stop across the dusty tiles next to her. He was carrying a bundle of large metal drums, each between 10 and 20 litres in capacity, they estimated. Did you hear that voice? He said. That was the same one as before when I picked up the spam and back in the arcade. Hello again, dearie, the voice said. How was the spam? My stock system suggests that there is another on aisle seven, near the televisions. Eat, eat, you must be hungry. Leosha shrank back and then said, Are you a ghost? There was a laugh from the speaker. Perhaps, 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 I have been here for a while. There was a pause and a burst of gentle static. Then, I don't know quite how long. My diary is quite full, you know. You may call me Nana. Hello, Nana. My name is Leosha, and this is Maddie. He said, patting Maddie, who had flattened herself to the floor, legs splayed out like a spider, ready to flee. Get up, Maddie. She's nice. Nana's a friend. Maddie did not move from her low stance. And who is your other friend? Nana asked. Leosha hesitated. Um, that's Seth? He's my friend too. I liked that Leosha called us friends. Isn't that wonderful? How did you know he was here? Leosha said. Nana spoke again, ignoring the question. Well, how lovely. Have you got time to spend with little old me? I don't get about much these days and the children never visit. Sure, Leosha said cautiously. Lovely, Nana said. Would you like to play a game? Sure, Leosha repeated. Loading, Nana said. There was a click on the line and then she said, you are standing in an open field west of a white house with a boarded front door. What do you do?
Nana played the little adventure game with Leosha for 32 minutes. It sounded like a fun game, and Nana gave us hints when we got stuck. In the game, we found treasure and a wind-up canary. After the game, Nana directed us to where she said there would be a tin of spam. By the televisions, she said. But the whole store was rubble. No televisions. Nothing was left. Leosha thanked her anyway, and we returned to the Provorni with the buckets for mushroom growing. The family are building a mushroom farm. Everyone's helping. Tanya's wood chips, soaked in water Alec filtered from the Provorni's engine, Lev's mushroom spores which he has woken up in warm water, and the whole lot put in Leosha's buckets, with holes drilled in the sides. Ten buckets in all. Such a hopeful evening's activity. Nia came on the radio again, while the family were busy with all this. Not talking to me this time. She's doing everything she can to contact the Argentinian ham again, Violetta. I can hear her loud and clear on the calling frequency. Extremely loud. She's trying different antenna configurations, based on signal reports from an outpost in Tromsø in former Norway. They're helping her with her experiments. It's difficult to operate a radio by yourself. You can't really know how far your signal is going. Local testing is made difficult due to the near field, which only affects your signal close by. You have to test it from range, ideally in the direction you're hoping to transmit. But even then, the atmosphere is unpredictable. Nia's trying more power. Her signal is strong, booming even. But she's not hearing anything back. I hope she does soon. It's so unbearable, being alone. End transmission. Lost Terminal is written and produced by Namtau. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Devon Metcalf, Will Taylor, Kit, and to all our patrons. Follow us on Twitter at Lost Terminal Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. For bonus content and other perks, support us at patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal Pod. That would be lovely of you. Lost Terminal will return next week 